0: Welcome to the Love Your Story podcast. Today, we are talking about death with a little d. What does that mean? Well, when a marriage fails, a friendship terminates, we find new wrinkles and new sagging skin, we lose a job or a beloved pet. The fact of impermanence stares unblinkingly at us. While logically, we can acknowledge that impermanence is a a matter of fact, a fact of life, It is also something that I think we naturally fear. We fear losing our youth. We fear losing people. We fear losing pets we love. We fear losing jobs that help define us. We fear losing a way of life maybe that we've worked really hard for. We fear losing wealth, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? With that fear comes suffering. Learning to let go, that's what we are talking about today. Today's episode is about death with a little D. and I've called in our death specialist, Margaret Maloney, but we aren't talking about dealing with the death of our loved ones or ourselves today, more about the death of what I'll call less crucial things. And we're having this discussion because a section of the road to enlightenment is living with more peace and less fear. And impermanence is one of those things that we get to understand better. So stay tuned for what this looks like in real life, and maybe come away with a new coping skill. Stories are our lives in language. Welcome to the Love Your Story podcast. I'm Lori Lee, and I'm excited for our future together of telling stories, evaluating our own stories, and lifting ourselves and others to greater places because of our control over our stories. This podcast is about empowerment, and giving you, the listener, ideas to work with in making your stories work for you. Story Power serves you best when you know how to use it. Margaret Maloney is used to talking about death. In fact, her second book recently hit the book stands. It's called Sitting with Death, Buddhist Insights to Help You Face Your Fears and Live a Peaceful Life. Her first book Carpooling with death was highlighted in episode 146 of the Love Your Story podcast, but I don't want to talk about death with a big D today. Refer back to that episode for some great discussion on that if that is piquing your interest. Today, I want to talk about impermanence and Margaret's second season on her podcast, Death Dama, She is focusing on death with a little d and the impermanence of all things with the ability to accept the impermanence. We increase the ability to create less painful life stories, right? So that's where we're at. So we'll learn how to navigate the inevitability of change today. Welcome, Margaret.
1: Hi, Lori. Thank you. It's great to be here. And hello, everyone. Thank you for listening.
0: (laughs) Can you tell us a little bit about how you got into the study of death? How did this become important or interesting to you? Well, I was at this point in my life where
1: one day I had this realization that the people I loved were going to die. I wasn't thinking about my own death yet, but just because I think that the people around me were older. You know, I had married someone who was older than I was. I had a a mother-in-law who was old enough to be my grandmother because of all these generational differences and my parents were, you know, entering their 80s and I started realizing like hey, you know, people are going to be gone and are you going to be ready? are you going to be ready? And so I started doing what I could to get ready. And the truth is I realized I would only be ready to a point, but that yeah. point was at least helpful. Like at least I'd be ready to the point of acknowledgement. I knew when each of these people died, I was going to miss them in their own ways. It was going to be really hard, but at least I was prepared that this was something, this was a reality in life that was going to occur. And then it it just took off from there, I guess.
0: Well, and your husband and your parents all died really close together, didn't they?
1: Yeah. My dad in 2012 and then my, the closest was my mom. And I, now I, now I joke about it. And so I don't mean it disrespectfully, but now my mom and my mom and my husband died five days apart in 2014. And so now I will joke. And again, I really don't mean this disrespectfully. Um, I was like, who follows their mother-in-law (laughs) what man follows his mother-in-law but the truth is it just was the conditions were there um you know at that point dad had been dead for a couple of years mom was 86 she did have some heart trouble uh, Ed had cancer it was just one of those things that this was the timing This, this was the timing like we knew he was dying and in theory knowing my mother's age and knowing that Certainly when older partners die, they usually, the other partner usually dies close, you know? Um, So like, I kind of knew it, but I didn't know that was going to happen, but this is what happened.
0: (laughs) Okay. So with all three of them dying, I'm sure that that, especially the loss of your husband had to really propel you into a space of looking more closely at these techniques that you're learning. So um, were you a Buddhist before that?
1: I was absolutely. I was a Buddhist before that. And in my preparation, I started leaning more on my Buddhism, uh, on meditating. A thing that I did was I began to, with my father, because my father, we knew he was dying. He had terminal cancer. Uh, I began to meditate on his death. And I don't mean like the actual moment of his death, although that is something people do too. I began to meditate on the fact that dad was dead and what would it be like that dad was dead and how I was going to feel and how I was going to miss him. And I mean, many sessions of sitting on my meditation cushion with ugly crying, but it, it helped because it helped me reconcile the fact that, yeah, your dad is dying. We don't know what day, but we know it's coming and he's going to die and he's going to be gone and it's going to be hard and you
0: will get through this. like, and we'll get into this, obviously you do, but with the teachings of Buddhism, they have really helped you to comprehend death and to embrace impermanence and to um, adjust more quickly to the death of those loved ones.
1: Yes, I really do. I think that, so in Buddhism, there's the four noble truths and lo- many of our listeners have heard these, but I'll just say them quickly. The, you know, the truth Um, is that in life, there can be suffering. We suffer because we cling. Um, And then also we also we cling to things or we push things away. So we get upset over what we want or don't want. And, you know, that there's a way out of that suffering. And then when we bring in the lesson on impermanence, that things are always changing, you you can begin to see. And what Buddhism helped me with the sometimes in death there's the denial or the why me kind of thing that we go through which is a normal human thing and i it, it moved me more quickly to a place of acceptance
0: mm. well i find that no matter what your religious persuasion is that you can find bits of truth and insight in all you know various religions that that can help so regardless of where anyone stands with their religious beliefs i think that there are um that this idea, this concept, this understanding of moving away from suffering and the knowledge that Buddhists have about this and teaching it will be really wonderful. So um, what is death with a little d?
1: So death with a little d, it's not losing your husband or your mother or your father. It is the things that happen to us throughout our days, throughout our lives that represent the fact that something isn't the way we thought it was going to be something isn't there anymore. It could be you wake up, you get in your car and your car breaks down. It could be traffic that you didn't plan on. It could be, um, I was going to have lunch with a friend and it got canceled. So the death of things with a little d are the ideas and things that don't occur as we think they were going to occur. So kind of death
0: of expectation, it sounds like. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, so how do we learn to flow with that? And how do we learn to accept that? Because, you know, things that we can expect to be in permanent relationships, health, jobs, et cetera, right? Like mm-hmm. how, what technique do you use that sort of allows you to navigate this space of disappointment on a daily basis?
1: Well, make plans and know that your plans will change right? I mean, I'm not against making plans. In fact, probably I sometimes I plan too much. My friends will tell me. So I'm a, I'm that planner personality, but I know that the purpose of making the plans isn't to be rigid because everything's going to go exactly as I think it's going to go. It's, it's a, like a baseline. It's what to touch point with. Like, here's how I thought the day was going to go. Here's how I, here's what I think I was going to do today. And then when change and impermanence comes and it will, then I I know what to put aside and what to move on to and what to get back to later if the things I was going to do are still important and, and things I want to do. But I think it's really just that acceptance of knowing that our expectations, the things we want, the things we don't want, we're not wrong to have those thoughts, we're humans. But when we really dig in, when we really dig in, We're going to have an unpleasant experience. I guess it it just occurred to me, one of the people I interviewed uh, for sitting with death, his name is Timber Hawkeye and Timber Hawkeye made this statement, which I just love. He said, you know, everything I ever let go of had claw marks in it, Mm. right? We just hang on to stuff.
0: What this makes me think about in real life, because I, you know, bringing it out of theory into real life experiences so we can all connect my mom, as she was first learning to navigate sort of an extended family as her kids got married and she would, you know, bring us together for holidays and all that kind of thing. She would have a certain expectation because she would plan a lot, you know, she'd plan meals and she'd plan games and she'd plan, you know, every, every holiday was a family reunion. And, And then when people couldn't show up or it didn't unfold the way she thought, which of course is never going to when you're dealing with, you know, I have six siblings and, you Mm -hmm. know, so when you're dealing with 30 people and and she would get so upset, like we'd hardly ever leave a family get together in those days without her crying because it hadn't unfolded as she had expected. So it created a lot of suffering for her, right? And so I think this idea that we're talking about right here of the fluidity allowing the fluidity in our lives of things not to unfold exactly the way that we have planned is really key to to limiting the suffering to to enjoying the journey more
1: yeah to being with things the way they are if we can find a way to accept the fact that uh 5 of my 6 children are here and the other one it's you know her turn to go to her in-laws house And we are here having a lovely time and we still love her and she still loves us. So it's being with things the way they are. And it's that acknowledgement of acceptance of this is how things are in this moment.
0: As you've done your podcast, you have been interviewing people about this death with a little d, this impermanence, and you Mm -hmm. shared some of your own story. Just quickly, in order to keep it in with some real life experiences, what story has stuck with you the most, or what real life stories have people shared with you about some of those tough, impermanent things, letting go of relationships or jobs or whatever?
1: Well, there's uh there's Shelly Knight, whom I recently spoke to, who pointed out she felt like there's a, the difference between death and bereavement or grief and bereavement, excuse me. And she was saying that, you know, bereavement is when you are missing the person that you love. And she said, grief is all the other things, all the other expectations and experiences that you thought you were going to have that you're not going to have. Now it could be something like uh, a father walking a daughter down the aisle or, uh, grandparents meeting their grandchildren. Uh, it, could be being pregnant and having a miscarriage, Mm -hmm. or it could be a job that you accepted a job offer. And then before you start, they call and they tell you we've had to cut back. And so we eliminated your position. And, you know, so she covered all these different examples, which was so helpful. Uh, When I spoke with Justin Whitaker, he talked about how when he was in grad school, he met the perfect gal. He met the perfect woman and they hit it off right away and they got engaged very quickly and he was set for life he was in grad school he knew what he was going to do he knew who he was going to marry he saw their life and then he went through the process of seeing that relationship fall apart and how you know before his very eyes his whole life changed his whole life changed he still you know finished his degree and got his degree but
0: everything everything changed those things are, re- those things are some of the dark days, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, truly we, as we talk about them and we, you know, make a litany of all these possible things, it almost seems to trivialize th- the depth and the, and mooring that those can be. When you have an expectation of what's, you know, marriage is going to be, let's say you expect Mm -hmm. happily ever after, and then you find out that's not what it is. The the death of those concepts and expectations and ideas can really uproot people like with his relationship. I remember listening Mm -hmm. to that episode and gosh, he went into a really dark space for a while to learn how to deal with that. And so asking you as a specialist in this and having studied the techniques for dealing with it, when we are in a space where a really ingrained expectation or hoped for expectation has to be let go of how do we traverse that
1: um, i'm going to back up a little bit and 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 suggest that before we get to that dark space and we're all going to have difficult times in our lives absolutely one of the things we can do to train is to look at these smaller things that i mentioned like the plans for the day the traffic the broken down car the lunch engagement things like that if we practice with those things and acknowledge them for what they are and even call them death and call them death with a little d and say like, oh, I guess my plan for the day died. Oh, my car died. You know, if we, or uh, sadly that friendship died, if we can do that, then we already have in mind that these things are going to happen. And so it isn't as big a shock. So I'm never going to say that anything I tell you is going to make it a hundred percent easy, But what I am going to say is that we can make things easier on ourselves when we get in a place that we're not surprised that things are different. So that when we can get in this place where we know, I know something in my life is going to change. I don't know what it is. And then I'll say, be open to it. And when I say be open to it, I don't mean walk around all day going, something horrible is going to happen. Something horrible is going to happen. I just mean being open to the fact that something is going to happen. And when it happens, I'm going to accept it as best I can and I'm going to course correct or course adjust as best I can. And I'm going to do that. do what I can to keep moving forward. It's about building your resiliency really. Mm. And we build our resiliency. You know, right. it's, like, it's why sometimes I talk about core training, even though I'm, it's not like I run or anything, but I, I always use the example of the marathon, which is mm-hmm. funny because I don't run, but you know, you don't go out and most people don't go out and run a marathon without training. I mean, I suppose they're like, every time I say that I'm waiting, somebody's going to call in or (laughs) message me. Well, I did it. And it's like, that's awesome. You did it. Most of us aren't going to be able to do that. We're going to have a horrible, painful time. We're probably going to drop out of the race, right? I
0: I love the idea of practice. I think that makes really good sense. And with any of the techniques that we use for navigating life well, I think they almost always require practice. Mm -hmm. Otherwise you don't know how to do them, right? You're learning how to live.
1: Yeah. So it's, you know, running that first time around the block. So I break my coffee cup. That's the beginning. You know, it was my favorite coffee cup and I'm mad. Um, I stub my toe. That's one that like tends to sit up, you know, because the pain center in our heads, like the stubbing our toes, you know, I, I hit my toe today or, you know, whatever it is, these are all opportunities and you don't have to be a Buddhist to do this. These are all opportunities to recognize how things go differently in our lives and then to begin to see how you handle them. There was someone I talked to one time and she said, you know how you act when um, you lose your credit card, mm-hmm. how you act when you lose your glasses and your keys. This is indicative of how you're going to be on a day when you have some changes. So let's start with that. You know? So like if every morning you lose your keys, I mean, first I recommend, so the orderly Margaret says, well, try putting your keys in the same place all the time. But Okay. <laughs> putting that aside. If you are that person, that every day you lose your keys or your glasses don't get tweaked. Don't get all mad. Don't get all in anger and panic every morning. This is part of who you are. Allow time
0: for it. <laughs> Give yourself an extra 10 minutes to find your keys every morning. Yes. yes.
1: <laughs> Just be open and honest. Don't be surprised. Why is it every day that you're your missing keys are a surprise, right? <laughs> but but that's, so these are small ways in which we train ourselves to be resilient.
0: Well, and one of the things that I think is important in that process is acceptance. And Shelly Knight said this. She said, we don't need to hide it. We need to normalize it. And to me, what she's saying with that quote is once we can accept the impermanence of things, the the way that things are gonna flow and go all over the place, then it's gonna be easier because we're expecting that. Mm-hmm. So I think the acceptance of that impermanence is is almost like step one.
1: Right. It's like that saying, expect the unexpected. But yeah, just don't think that because you planned a day or a life that everything's going to go fall into place on
0: your checklist because it's not well. And anybody that's lived very long knows that, you know, for me and how my brain works, I like the idea, first of all, of the acceptance of it. And then second of all, um, with that acceptance, when it hits, whether it's a big thing or whether it's a little thing, well, practice with the little things, right? This is what we're talking about, yes, practice, practice with the little things. things. And then when the big things come, the really big disappointments, like the the marriage that didn't turn out, the relationship, mm-hmm. the loss of a really defining job, like you talked about in your episode, mm-hmm. those are, well, I've, I've watched it recently with... Um, a couple different people that I know, and I'm Mm -hmm. just watching them collapse in on themselves as they try to figure out how do I deal with life turning out in a way that is so different than I expected and so much worse than I expected, you know, and, and it's a painful thing to watch.
1: Yes, it is hard. And I think uh, the, sometimes there's bargaining,
0: seeing this as part of the grief
1: process, right? The denial and the bargaining. Like I have watched a couple of my friends say, well, I'm only going to be okay with this if this thing, I'm only okay with this if this other thing happens. I'm only okay with this if it only goes on for like I'm only okay with being sick if I'm only sick for two days. I used to do that, by the way, when I was sick. I'd be like, okay, I'm going to give my body this two days, these two days, and then at the end, you better be done because I gave you two days. Well, it doesn't work that way, you know. So it's being in that place of acceptance, and when it's something really, really difficult, know that you're going to have hard feelings, difficult feelings, difficult emotions and that is part of being human and so that goes back to like you said like you know about shelley saying normalizing it i think we maybe shouldn't have to hide that we're sad or that we're feeling loss and then the compassion part comes in which is you know like if i am really having a day where i'm so upset because i broke my coffee cup and you're like seriously margaret <laughs> do you know what happened to me today the compassion part comes in is just looking at someone and knowing that even though You don't fully understand why something makes them suffer, knowing that they do have suffering. And so if we can extend that to one another, instead of being judgmental, like, Margaret, you shouldn't be upset about that coffee cup. You're an idiot. Just be like, I'm sorry. I can see that you're upset. Like, that's all we need to do for one another.
0: And I think really important side shoot here of allowing that for others, allowing it for ourselves and allowing it for others. Yes.
1: Yeah. And exactly. We have to allow it for ourselves, too. And and just know it, it will be hard, but you can be, get through it. And of course, then when you need additional help, get additional help. There's no shame in that.
0: It's important. And your second book is a compilation of interviewing, you know, 12 Buddhist leaders, I believe. And mm-hmm. as you've studied these, what Buddhist teaching regarding impermanence and how to deal with it is the most helpful? Can you name just one?
1: There's a phrase I use. It's very short. It's almost like a mantra and it helps me a lot. Everything that rises ceases. What does that mean? It means that everything that everything that is will will one day not be. Everything will change. So when we say everything that rises ceases, it could be hunger comes up, but eventually it will cease. Um, health could come up, but eventually also good health may cease. Youth comes up, but eventually it will cease. Uh, there's another one, it's a little bit longer, and I won't read it, but I will just say what it does is it goes through and it actually quantifies or lists, I'm sorry, quantifies, lists, you know, you have hearing one day your ability to hear will cease. Today you have vision, one day your ability to see will cease. And it kind of goes through this list of your, you know, your senses and other things around you, and that they will cease. And so it's getting
0: us ready for change. So it's basically coming back to just the acceptance, the acknowledgement of the impermanence and the acceptance of it. Exactly. Exactly. You had a really fun blog post called Master Improvisation, Master Impermanence. Mm-hmm. And and it was talking about good improv, right? Mm-hmm. You had put up a a couple steps, but the first one was denial is the number one reason that most scenes go bad. So if you're picturing someone up on the stage doing improv, being given a situation in a good improv sketch, the players basically work with what they're given. And this helps the sketch proceed smoothly and, you know, causes the audience less agony and and the actor. And so this idea of if you can master kind of going with the flow of things, then you are also mastering impermanence. I think this is a kind of a fun activity, a fun way to visualize what life throws at us because in a way we are in an improv sketch, right? We are. Yeah. We
1: just don't always acknowledge it because, you know, again, we want to think that we have control, right? That we can write it, direct it and produce it. But, you know, uh, there are, there are elements around us that we can't control.
0: Well, and one of the things that we're always trying to do, we're always talking about on this podcast is living with intention, meaning you don't just wait for stuff to hit, you decide what you want in life. And then you, Mm -hmm. you know, are paying attention to your thoughts and you're creating the right thoughts to create the feelings, to, to navigate and create the kind of life space and life story that you want. So bringing in this idea with that, it's kind of like we're finding a good balance of also the realization that you're living And you can create with intention, but also you're going to have to know there are a lot of other things that you don't control that are Mm -hmm. going to give that a a back and forth and you get to learn how to flow with that and, and work with it. So the step two to good improv, you said, is yes and. And I think that this is a skill that would be great to end with here because because it's an actual technique that we can take with us when something hits us and we don't know, you know, we're not sure where to go from here. How do we, how do we improv our life forward? Talk to me about yes. And.
1: Well, I think that so often as human beings, when things come our way that we um, thought we don't want, or we thought we didn't want, or we didn't plan for, or we're a little intimidated by, we often, we go to a place of no, right? no. And um, so there's another phrase I'll, I'll introduce, which is, you know, pain plus resistance equals suffering. And so when something difficult comes, no, I don't want this. It makes it harder because now I have the pain from whatever the thing is. So, you know, maybe I'll just use the broken down car, um, in my youth, I had a lot of broken down cars. It was very <laughs> challenging. <laughs> so, you know, there's a, the pain and the upset of now my car is broken down and I'm by the side of the road and I how much is it going to cost and I don't want this situation and la 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 la. But if I could just go with like, my car is broken down. Yes. And what am I going to do about it? Less upset about the car. So the sooner that I can get to the place of my car has broken down, I can get to a place of And here's what I'm going to do. And so for any of us, you know, if we can put more yes in our lives, it doesn't mean you aren't going to change something that's difficult, right? So like when the big thing comes, you're going to look at it. Yes. And the and becomes about what can I do? So, you know, when it's a little D yes. And now I will do something else at lunchtime. Uh, When it's the you know, the big D of you've lost somebody, it's yes, and it's going to, I'm yes, I am very sad and I'm going to be okay. Yes, and, and then as you move forward, it's yes, and I'm going to build a, I'm going to build a life where I'm still happy. Yes, and I'm going to build a life where I still have purpose. So it's really the sooner that we can accept that something has happened, Mm -hmm. the easier it will be for us to move forward with whatever it is. So it doesn't really mean, You have to get dumped on and never change difficult things. It just means the sooner you realize, yes, and yes, today I am sick. Yes, and I'm going to
0: call in sick and go back to bed. And then I'll see what happens tomorrow, right? Absolutely. The yes is the acceptance of it. And the and is what am I going to do moving forward? And and that brings us really full circle to everything we've been talking about, the importance and the, the the best tool that we can use is an understanding of impermanence and an acceptance of it. But the and is is the power word there because that's the I what can I do? What can I take action with? Yes. That relationship died. Yes. That job died. Yes. Mm -hmm. That car died. Yes. That um, I'm getting older. (laughs) Yeah. 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 There's a new
1: wrinkle in my head today. uh, (laughs) Yes. And
0: (laughs) yep. And what am I going to do moving forward? Um, Mm -hmm. Thank you, Margaret. Thank you very much. Do you have any final words or advice or thoughts on impermanence that you want to leave with us?
1: I just think that I wanna remind everyone that uh, impermanence is normal. It's going to happen to all of us. We can embrace it. Uh, I also wanna remind people impermanence doesn't, uh, and accepting change doesn't just mean clinging to what we want. It also means aversion to what we don't want. And you can begin, there's a phrase someone taught me, which is like, just meet yourself where you are. And so begin today. By noticing as you go throughout your day, when something doesn't go as you want it to begin by noticing what happens within you and accepting yourself for who you are. So today, yes, and I am angry that my car broke down. And then practice changing how you approach things. Practice that acceptance
0: and you'll build your resilience. And I think there's something even to allowing whatever that feeling is for a while. Like, you know, you sit, sit with that feeling. Don't feel like or feel guilt for feeling angry or upset or disappointed about that situation. Allowing yourself to feel that, but allowing the the feeling to flow through you instead of staying stuck in you as you resist it.
1: Absolutely. I'm so glad you added that.
0: Absolutely. You feel what you feel. Thank you for being here. Um, where You're can, so welcome. It's my joy to be here. <laughs> where can people find your books?
1: You can find my books on Amazon. You can come see me at margaretmaloney.com and find the books in the podcast and the blog. Uh, it's M E L O N I. I just say that because it's not the it's not the Maloney we all think. So it's margaretmaloney.com and I will be happy to see you. feel free to come visit me and uh, send And me I
0: out. I will have all of those links in the show notes at loveyourstorypodcast.com under this episode. Thanks for being here. Thank you. Margaret and I were talking later, we were talking about how also the impermanence in our world, in our larger world, that almost on a daily basis, we can't necessarily have plans for what it's going to look like. You know, what what is COVID going to change for us? What is war around the world going to do for us? What about the changing inflation rates and, and the supply distribution and all of the things that are going to change? Our world is changing So quickly and so drastically and in ways that we often have no control over. We can support and vote and donate money toward the things that we believe in. But there are many things that we just don't have control over. And in our larger world, it is crucial, crucial that at this point, we go to a place of being able to accept impermanence and flowing with what's going on because the changes are really big and staggering and learning that practicing that creating that resilience for a tumultuous cultural life will help us will help us live better life stories more peaceful life stories as we deal with change margaret said in a quote all you need to know is that there will be death and in that awareness there will be peace what are you grieving the loss of in your life? Maybe it's as simple as the loss of an expectation, which sometimes is not very simple. You expected a friend to be loyal and they weren't. You expected a party you threw to turn out differently, all kinds of things. We've talked about a lot of them today, but your challenge this week is to consider the importance of things as a whole in your life. Take a deep breath and accept the inevitability of that impermanence of of all things. I said importance, but I meant impermanence. (laughs) Sit with that impermanence for as long as you need to, to just kind of accept, realize, and accept the flow of all of the things that you love and have and hold on to, that, that there's an impermanence to all of those things. And then after you've sat with that and had a moment for that acceptance, when you're ready, stand up, And live more fully into those things that you love, particularly because they won't always be around. Life is change. Thank you for being here today. Who loves this podcast? Will you please scroll down on your app, wherever you're listening to this, and leave us a review? It just takes a few seconds. You click the stars and you type out your review. Tell us in that review, what your favorite thing about the show is or your favorite episode. We'd love to hear from you. That's my one call to action. I want to hear from the listeners. So have a great two weeks. Practice that acceptance of impermanence and really loving and living into the great things you have going on um, because you won't always have them. Okay. We'll see you later.